Jake visited me uh, in Portland in December, it snowed. And granted, Jake is from the Portland area, right, Jake? I'm from the Pacific Northwest, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Were you born in Washington? I was born in Washington State, yeah. I lived in Spokane and then Vancouver, Washington, and then, yeah, Portland for many years. Yeah, yeah. But you wouldn't know it based on uh, old L.A. Jake visiting. Uh, it was it was snowing, but it wasn't sticking. It was just flurries. But Jake was like, oh, he remarked on how cold it was several times. And I'm like, you this is a temperate climate. Like you are so spoiled by that California sun. I am. I have become a temperate man. Uh, but I will say that you don't really turn on the heat in each room in your house. No, it's very expensive. <laughs> this We bought this house and it, it, the electricity and like the heating thing is so outdated. Yeah. All those rebates that the government's offering, we're like, yeah, we're going to get all of those because this is ridiculous. <laughs> Most of these heaters are older than me, I think, that were in your house, right? Definitely. I would By say a generation. That, yeah, I think they're as old as your dad. Yeah. So, yeah. So, when I was sleeping, it was the temperature, it was uh, outdoors, which was like <laughs> 37 degrees. So, I think I had some reason to be mentioning that. Because you, what you haven't told about the story is that whenever I said it was cold, I was inside your home. No. It was also <laughs> when we were walking in the snow. Yeah, that's true. Well, you know, winter here has actually been oddly cold. We've reached into freezing temperatures here in California, but. Uh, I've I've become a sun worshiper for sure. Yeah, I'm I am a member of the Sunward Expedition. Like I don't I don't do cold anymore. Well, next time you visit Portland, Jake, you'll have to make it like in August when the weather is beautiful. I would love to come in August. That yeah. sounds really great. Yeah, sounds good. Actually, this episode will be airing after we've made the announcement. Is that true? Well, right, because as we're airing it not tomorrow, we're airing it next week. Oh, okay. Well, so we can I'll see you if... in August, Jake, for RootCon! Yeah! Wait, we need a we need like an official RootCon sting. Um, <laughs> root, Kyle, will you root. compose like... Oh, there it is. Cool. <laughs> yeah, get on the hype train for RootCon. <laughs> yeah. Um, book your train tickets well in advance it's gonna take you a while to get all the way out to portland oregon via train <laughs> oh my goodness if you haven't learned about rootcon because you just skipped that little announcement in our feed come over to the good time society discord and check it out I'll also put a link in the description of this episode for the signups for rootcon but join the good time society discord join the woodland war machine channel and come talk about it with us because we're gonna be there we're gonna be playing root and we're gonna have live episodes and we're gonna talk with cole and josh and all the friends and Wimmy's, get your tickets, okay? Because the local scene here in Portland is feverish. I went to a an event that was just a, a normal route Saturday at Cloudcap Games, great game store here in Portland, uh, uh, run by Alex. Alex, one of my my buddies. It was a great night, but there were thirty people there. Okay, that's crazy. And and it's a small little game store. We're not talking about Guardian Games, which uh, where the event's going to be taking place, which is very big. It was just a small little gathering, and that was without Cole Worley. Okay, <laughs> so you can imagine what the locals are going to do when they find out Cole Worley's coming. So, Wimmy's, get your tickets. Thirty people playing an asymmetric warfare game is unheard of outside of Indianapolis, right? Like that's that's kind of crazy. It's it's very big. It won't be the largest, uh, and they're coming up with a tournament scene here too at Cloudcap, which is great. Awesome. Uh, um, but it won't be the largest in-person root tournament ever. 
that's going to happen at RootCon 2023. Yes! Woo! Root, root! Hey friends, Future Jake here. If you're looking to get your tickets, do it soon because RootCon is officially half sold out as of this recording and it's only been on sale for three days. Given that we have about five months left before it happens, it's probably going to get crowded real soon. So get your tickets as soon as possible. I'll leave a link in the description of this episode. And for those of you that couldn't make it due to distance or uh, financial obligations, we are going to look into other locations for future RootCons for sure. Stay tuned. This is such a dream, you guys. I feel like two things have happened this week that are like bucket list items for me. One is RootCon 2023. The other is a string quartet came into my studio and played a composition that I wrote, and it was just magic, you guys. It was so great. That is so cool. Man, what a dreamy week. Kyle, um, you hired a popular band. <laughs> you know what? I sure did. You. It was great. That's it was amazing. Great. I walked into the studio and then I was not allowed to leave for many hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that checks out. <laughs> All right. Um, so other than the most earth shattering root news, which was really, uh, you already know it because it was released in a previous episode. We don't have anything. This one's going to be a, a, a kind of a quick and dirty Finishing up the group stages of the Hireling World Cup. Okay. Yeah. We are talking the promoted side of the uh, Marauder Hirelings, which again come in the Hireling box. Uh, when you get that cool little storage box, that's where you get the Marauder Hirelings. We're talking about the Vault Keepers, the Flame Bearers, and the Popular Band. That's right. Don't be confused. They are bearers, not bears. No. And I can't wait to hear us say bearer. Uh, uh, in fact, Wimmy's the challenge for this week <laughs> is to, including all the ones we've already said, how many times did we say the word bearer? Uh, well, that's just them counting. Is that all it is in this whole episode? You know, some challenges are about patience. Well, I would I would love a challenge where they have to maybe come up with a um a tongue twister involving bearer warriors. <laughs> oh, oh, that's good. That's pretty great. Yeah. 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 Yeah, two challenges. One is counting. The other one is creative. Okay? You can kind of like are you a you know, more of a math person or are you more of a creative person? Uh and the ongoing challenge is to buy your tickets to Rootcon. Okay. Oh, heck um, yeah. All right, here we go. Oh, man, I can't wait to be, like, in a full room of, like, diehard fans plus the creative team behind the best board game ever created. I can't It's going to be electric. <laughs> to hold Joshua Yersley's feet to the fire when it comes to certain rulings in this game. I can't that wait. That will be an event. We are actually going to have a bonfire out in the parking lot, <laughs> and we will be suspending Josh Yersley above it while we ask him specific rules questions about coalitions. Yeah. First and, question, uh, Josh. Why? Why? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every time we feel displeased, we'll turn a small crank and it'll just lower slightly. <laughs> Before the first question, a statement, how dare you? <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump into the promoted side of the Badger Hireling, the Vault Keepers. Jake? All right. The Vault Keepers. During setup, place two Keeper Warriors and a Vault Building in any clearing with an open building slot. Then, when you hire the Vault Keepers, if no Keeper pieces are on the map, Place two Keeper Warriors and a Vault Building in any clearing. Then, once in daylight, first you may place a Vault in a clearing with a Vault or adjacent to one. If you cannot, place a Warrior at a Vault in any clearing. Then secondly, you have two choices. You may battle in each clearing with a Vault, or you may place a Keeper Warrior at each Vault. Hmm. <laughs> this is 
This is the least intuitive hireling we've covered. There's there's a lot of business with this one. So maybe yeah. it's a little bit helpful to kind of like yeah. take a step back and, and view it in terms of themes. So we've got buildings that are being placed and we have warriors that show up at those buildings. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about numbers too, right? Is there's eight warriors or six? Six warriors, okay. six buildings. That's yes. really interesting. Six buildings. Yeah. It's okay. unusual. It's very unusual. Yes. Although they do occupy building slots, which is, again, like, I think the, this is the only hireling that has a building associated with it, right? Or does the Sunward Expedition have buildings? Or is no, it- they have the tunnels, right? Yeah, the, the foothold tokens. The mounds. The, the foothold foot tokens, right? Well, so a vault is a building. Yeah, I think it is the only one with a building. So that's what's really interesting is that they need to have a slot open. Because, you know, the setup mentions with an open building slot. Yes. But the rest of the instructions do not, which I just assume they require an open building slot. Yeah, I actually really dislike the fact that it said with an open building slot because it's because it, they set up before the factions. So, of right. course, like literally that is every clearing, right? Right. I, I guess in maybe there's like, I don't know. Is there ever an instance I guess where be, it they might be, be future proofing against other ones? Sure, sure, yeah. sure, sure. Um but then it, in the following instructions said place two keeper warriors in a vault clearing or in a vault building in any clearing. So obviously it has to have a building slot. We know that. So with this hireling, first you get the choice. You can place a building in a warrior in a clearing adjacent to one that already exists or in the same one. And if you can't do that, you just pick a clearing and put it there. This is optional, of course. This is a may, not a must. And then second, you get the choice, the hireling choice, the classic hireling choice of... Do I uh, do something productive or do I recruit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, this productive is you may battle in each clearing with a vault. Which is right? really cool. And I think that it kind of incentivizes to spread out a little bit, right? Yeah. And then the second option incentivizes you to clump them together. Yeah. It's a little bit interesting, though. If that's only one warrior plus a building, like if you battle against another faction and they roll it two, like... They get a point, right? The second option is place a warrior at each vault. And because of the first step, you can actually place it a vault with a vault. So you could put two warriors in one clearing. Oh, I guess you could mass. You could create a a keeper ball. But what would, well, the ball can only get so big because there's only so many building slots, presumably, (laughs) right? right? So what Sam and I were talking about before in the pre-show, before you got here, Kyle, was like, this is a really hard faction to like kind of figure out because they are so like the sunward expedition as we'll remember them they're the moles that they plop down a token and then they have three warriors right this is where they plop down a token and they have one or two warriors what they create is potentially up to six buildings in the map whereas the moles only really produce three so what sam and i were talking about was like is it possible that this is actually there's more to talk about from an enemy perspective than the holder's perspective because yes. there's cardboard out there. <laughs> no, this is why you want to rush for this. Right. You want to spam out as many dumb buildings as you can right in your territory so that as soon as you lose possession of the vault keepers, you just eat all the cardboard for free. Right. Now, there is also the contingency of like when you lose, you have to give it to someone else who's going to have a turn before you. And on their turn, they're going to put warriors there to protect them. One. They're going to put one, one at each They're vault. They're going to yeah. put one. Now, that's not very much. So presumably, if you've used that battle when you owned them and they, I don't know, died as you do in battle, <laughs> they are it's unprotected cardboard for the most part. So this it's is always like an opportunity for you when you lose them as opposed to an opportunity for you when you have them. 
there are opportunities when you have them, of course, because you can use them to battle away things. But that's just standard for a lot of hirelings. I just think the building capacity is so much more interesting. Is it weird to anyone else that they're like the vault keepers and the vaults are like the most vulnerable cardboard and the keepers like barely guard them at all <laughs> from like a thematic point of view they don't feel like vault keepers they feel like irresponsible expansionists <laughs> they're just priests like they don't have much battle prowess right because they're just appearing where they need to yeah they just didn't hire enough people in advance for the, for the work <laughs> that was required they, they were like we're gonna have treasure after this but like we don't have it now so like you can help us get the treasure like what do you guys think you want to fight to the death over that? <laughs> it feels like the Vault Keepers want to, like, ignore the first hit that they would take. Then when you've yes, got one badger yeah. guarding a building, it's not that big a deal, but yeah. they don't. They're just vulnerable no. badgers. This is fascinating. This is almost, I, I think, like, as the owner of this faction, as the hirer of this faction, you, you have to almost kind of play defense a little bit, right? Like Yeah, or set up to lose them. Exactly, yeah, if there's kind of enough time to get back to the the cardboard like ugh, what a weird popcorn situation right here's the thing is like if you are player a and you control them and you give them to player b i think the interesting thing to talk about is player c and d because they have an opportunity to come in and snipe between those two turns yes the, the distances are between you right so if they lose keeper warriors in the battle that they instigated then there's kind of cardboard out in the open you totally. don't have to chew through that faction's warriors to get it so then this is a tempting target is what you're saying you can place tempting targets in whatever clearing you feel like mm, basically okay okay so we could potentially use this as a lure or as bait Love of that. some kind kind of to direct your opponents if you want them to go north or south or like to try and lead them into a, an area where they're not going to have much prospect for expansion this could be a nice way to like you know sure it costs a point but it, it could waste a few actions from them to like get up to like grab the point and maybe that's a little too greedy from them depending on the part of the game we're in um interesting yeah i think i want to walk back what i said thematically because that is similar to like the badgers like when they delve a relic you're like and they're at when whenever i see a, a badger with a relic and a, a way station in the same clearing i'm like that's three points mm -hmm. like that might be worth going after right and so yeah these are like you said kind of little tempting targets across the board to go and like well i was gonna go over here but i could get a point and this clearing is good enough for now you know and you have the choice to reinforce and if you choose not to reinforce i mean you're basically signaling like open season right well so the, the, we've always like hated the reinforced option we've always been like <laughs> who would take that but now it becomes kind of important right it's it's, in, it's kind of a storytelling device yeah. in a way it's like you making that choice to do the battles is kind of being it's a risky decision leaving cardboard around but yeah it's, it's kind of interesting yeah if if you can direct the flow of the game and the like positioning of your opponents on the board maybe get someone to overextend or like whatever it, it might be worth a point so who is it good for? <laughs> the Woodland Alliance. And why is that? Well, you can battle away the sympathy. I mean, you can, you can like, there's other targets besides your sympathy, right? Like, if, if C and D are coming in to snipe these vaults, your, your sympathy is probably there, hopefully, mm -hmm. where you've set them up. So they're going to trigger outrage by coming in to come get it. 
right? That's the, the, the tempting trap that Kyle just mentioned is like make them work for it a little bit and give you a follower. Additionally, you can, I mean, Alliance always need a little help protecting their sympathy and it's nice to have that cleared out they don't really care about building slots too much they have one building per clearing max right so not competing for those building slots unlike cats who need to like capitalize right yeah uh definitely these other ones make a lot of sense to me vagabond otters crows none of these people put down buildings and all of those factions are looking for cardboard points crows love them right yeah um yeah even moles i could see this being fine for Sure, especially in small, where they're not using the slots. Right. And they can kind of uh, protect, I guess, their infrastructure. But they don't protect the mole faction, right? When you initiate a battle, you're choosing, are you battling the keepers or are you battling the moles? Uh, I'm just saying you like uh, battle threats without having to worry about using your limited actions in the early game to battle away threats, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. A little chip damage. The problem with the chip damage, though, is it exposes a cardboard point right for you potentially if three people let it go (laughs) like i don't know that doesn't seem like a strategy that seems like you got lucky or um that there were other things that people were doing that were more important than one cardboard point but that chip damage in a lot of these hirelings they do a little chip damage I, w- I would say it's also maybe lizards like you can do what in a clearing what you couldn't do because of the outcast yeah for a second yeah no i actually think that makes a lot of sense in in terms of like mobs and sympathy i would love to have the vault keepers just like throw on my garden and then like whatever oh great so now you control them you're gonna hit one lizard whatever he's an acolyte now that's fine you do compete for building slots but whatever you know yeah that's true yeah, that's actually true, though. Yeah, that that that's the, probably the downside to it. But I I, don't, I think the benefit is is higher. Yeah, if the vagabonds in the game, you can get one of those triple clearings. That's fine. Mm-hmm, um, but mm-hmm. other than that, that's a little tough. And lizards are probably not wanting to hold on to something like that. Uh, they're gonna. I think it's it. more important is who it counters, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we got rats because we got pieces on the board. But also, like the chip damage is is noticeable to the rats. It's yeah. pretty cool for the rats to play against this as well, though. It, mm-hmm. it, like they can these these are badgers that do not have devout knights. So yeah, if they're on their rampage and there's two vaults in a clearing, or if there's just a vault on their way to the thing they were already clearing out anyway, yeah, they're just their attack machines. They're, excuse me, they're battle machines. So this can at least provide them with points on it. Yeah. And here's the thing: if um, a mob token takes out a vault. Notice that every action the vault keepers take is in reference to clearings in, that have vaults. So mm-hmm. if a keeper warrior is on the field and doesn't have a vault down, that keeper warrior can't do anything. Can't battle. There's no recruiting a, there. Wow. It just hangs out. Dude, yeah. Like the mobs hate vaults. They really yeah. do. <laughs> this annoys the cats for building slots. This, yes. I think, I think annoys the birds yeah. for backline harassment. And potentially building slots as well. Yes, yes. Preventing, yeah, a build or whatever. You can just, you you make it so that they have to face a dilemma, right? Mm -hmm. Committing forces becomes trickier. The calculus becomes harder. Mm -hmm. If um, you're like trying to... Also gives them a target to fight. It does give them a target to fight. And again, the chip damage can be useful for a charismatic leader. But, you know, oftentimes you'll like leave yourself a backup clearing where you're going to just build if everything goes wrong during the battle step right you get ambushed and there's partisans and you roll zero zero like whatever <laughs> um <laughs> it can happen 
And so you leave yourself a backup build. Well, this can take away your backup building slot. Yeah. And that, that could be terrible as the birds. Yeah. All right. Well, should we rush for this? <sighs> I don't think so. I mean... But I it thought we were using it to manipulate everybody by throwing thing. targets all over the board. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I guess so, but that feels like kind of a win more strategy. And it's like, you have to already be doing pretty good to, yeah. to feel like you can gain the tempo enough to like draw your opponents into a certain place, like other than just have them come after you. I just don't feel like this rushing for this is going to incentivize them more than like your greedy play left you weak. And so just gonna, they're just going to come after you and like, who cares about the vault keepers? <laughs> I mean, everybody there, they are set up with two warriors and a vault in one clearing. Right. So depending where that starting section is, if it's worth impeding your opponents, then I think that's a valid reason to go for it. Yeah. Like for if, harassment. If right. Or just to stop their momentum in turn three or two, you know, um, but beyond that, no. <laughs> like, I guess we've also talked about how nice it is to lose them and then gain the ability to go hit their tokens. Like, if you can kind of have an easy setup for what you plan to do with them for only one to two turns, it might be worth capitalizing on their placement of buildings, right? I think there's only one faction in my head that would do really, really well with that type of approach. And I think it's the Corvids. Because they have mm -hmm. an easy time rushing for those early points. Mm -hmm. They could use the setup to harass their opponents for some, like, unnecessary battles, blah, blah, blah. Even though it costs a point, like, sometimes you can, you know, create problems for your opponents. And then once they give it away, it's like they pop up all over the board. There's, like, some easy, cheap battles to go for. Um, all of that costs actions and stuff. But I don't know. I think that scenario feels the most likely for the, the corvids and maybe the otters to a lesser extent mm -hmm. i think the corvids are a great call i just think that probably the other two hirelings are a better choice well we'll right. get there sam <laughs> no i'm not talking about the other two hirelings that we're talking about today i'm talking about oh, any two yeah. other hirelings <laughs> <laughs> Not a um, fan of the Vault Keepers. I, we just we compared them to the Sunward Expedition and the last the last dynasty, right? Yeah, and because because they're similar, they're they're a, a group of brutes that run around and smack things. I just think the the interesting part of this is that they're dropping so much cardboard. Yeah, that's it's what we kind of interesting. On. They're they're loaded. Um, maybe they have like a different impact on the game than the one I'm imagining. But to me, I'm like this is a lot of very fragile points just like yep. lying about yep and your last two as the I, controller I, absolutely yeah and i think i want to kind of push back on the the idea that this is good for the woodland alliance because think about it this way in a game with the woodland alliance there's already a lot of just free cardboard points around yeah and this is gonna like add to that that means that other factions are gonna be able to race even more with this type of presence in the game and that's gonna complicate the task of the the alliance yeah, I, I think I agree. Uh, all right, so we got some card interactions here. Royal Claim, huh? There are yeah. six badgers. They might rule a clearing for you, okay? That's fun. Yeah, you might Shout get an extra base point. Deck. <laughs> what up, base deck? Um, Long time no see. <laughs> it's so funny. No one. I went to that root event. I played two games. No one ever asked which deck I wanted to play with. Oh, it was just E&P. Like, <laughs> no one ever assumed. asked. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're pros. Yeah. They're good. Uh, coffin makers. 
you know, because of the little chip damage. Mm-hmm. Okay. And sappers, because when playing against these guys, if there's one keeper and a vault token and they are attacking you, uh, and you have one warrior and you use sappers, you could take out the vault and get a point on defense. Yeah, I like that. I think uh, um, ambush maybe deserves a shout as well, because it's usually just one warrior in a building, and so that ambush yeah. would take them both out. Yeah, ambush too. <laughs> I love how so much of what we're talking about with this faction is how you can take advantage of them in the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But no one wants them. <laughs> but we've always talked about these hirelings from the controller's perspective, yeah. but like I, the, the more dramatic is the other three people's perspective, right? I think we've talked about like, oh, what's it like to have this hireling in the game? But yeah, yeah. We, we are focusing these things on you've got some choices of these hirelings. Which one do you pick? Who should you give this to? Who don't make the wrong decision about giving this hireling to the Woodland Alliance or something? But with this one, it's like, you could pass this to anybody. <laughs> no, matter. I don't think you could pass it to anybody. Oh, I think really? you can pass this to everyone except the player who can battle for free points. Sure, yeah, yeah. You want to make you, you want to saddle saddle them with control of this hireling so that they can't <laughs> benefit from it and everyone mm-hmm. else at the table has, like, easy yeah. pickings. yeah. Yeah, I guess. All right. So should you rush for it? Yes, because you're going to have it for the shortest amount of time. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Special teams. Uh, We talked about the mobs. We can kind of get these keepers isolated and take away a lot of their effectiveness. They basically have to reset a little because if they can't place a vault, then they get to place a vault and a warrior in any clearing. Finally, the rats have a benefit to one of the <laughs> they've got a couple they got a couple <laughs> i know but it's so few and far yeah. between especially the promoted sides yeah mm-hmm. i just want to double back on, on this point we just made because a thought just occurred to me is this the only hireling that you would give to the leader Ooh. um i think it depends you know it depends on the faction but like from an abstract point of view, I think this one is the one I'm most ready to give to the leader. Yeah. Giving so them the ability, like it depends how like hamstrung the keepers are. Like, are they down to one vault and a warrior right. and a uh-huh. disparate clearing, right? Because giving them the ability for a free battle is not great to give the the, the leader. Totally. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, it mu- it must depend on the faction, but th- that's interesting to think and, about. And the placement of wh- what's left, I think. I think the vault keepers. Uh, this is a war- hireling whose numbers are going to fluctuate a lot compared mm-hmm. to other promoted. I think they're going to really go up and down because they don't have, as I said, they don't have devout knights, so they're going to go get knocked away when they go battle occasionally, <laughs> you know. And so, <laughs> yeah, this cardboard excessiveness is crazy. <laughs> I'm just. My head is spinning with this hireling. I feel like I'm trying to like figure it out in so <laughs> yeah. many different approaches, and it's just all of them are a little bit like they fall a little flat. So, What's crazy of. about it is it's too plain and therefore complicated because yeah. like it doesn't have enough specialness to it. It just puts things out there and does it, yeah. and then we have to react to that. <laughs> like it doesn't prevent a hit like the demoted side does, which we all right. agreed was badass. Yeah, and now totally. we have these guys which are giving us. Uh, things to hit for, not for free, but for points. Right. Easy targets. I, <laughs> yeah. This is I, I am I am a little confused by this one. Honestly. It reminds me a little bit, and I hate to do it, it reminds me a little bit of the Elder Treetop, right? Where I'm like, what's the incentive here? Like, 
I feel like this doesn't make a lot of sense in the game of Root. <laughs> You're like, oh, you can put one Keeper Warrior down and then you can battle there. And it's like, and leave some cardboard exposed? Like, mm -hmm. is that good? <laughs> oh, so we're giving gifts to uh, everyone. If you could battle your own hirelings, this hireling would be fantastic, right? It would be like a 10 out of 10. <laughs> I mean, even you taking up a building slot isn't doing anything because they'll just battle it away yeah. and then and you get know, a build point. there. Yeah. 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 Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, what's our overall score here? I said it's one last dynasty out of two Sunward Expeditions. <laughs> that feels right. <laughs> that feels 100% right. Uh, okay. Well, then let's move on to the second hireling we're talking about today and get ready counters. We've got the Flame Bearers. Jake? <sighs> The Flame Bearers first during setup place two Bearer Warriors among any clearings, even the same clearing. Then, when you first hire them, if no Bearer Warriors are on the map, place two Bearer Warriors among any clearings. Then, at the start of Birdsong first, in each clearing with any Bearer Warriors, you must remove any enemy piece per Bearer Warrior you have there. Warriors first. Mm -hmm. Secondly, you must place one bearer warrior at a bearer warrior or adjacent to one. If you cannot, place two bearer warriors in any clearing. Now, if any of you fell asleep during that. <laughs> it's incomprehensible because of how many times the phrase bearer warrior is said. Let me try and simplify it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Okay. If when you hire them. If there aren't any warriors out there, you got to place two of them in among any clearings, which is kind of cool. You yeah, don't you have to spread just... them out or you can put them together. It's and like literally the anywhere. There's no requirement. Yeah, yeah. But you get to place them. That's kind of cool if they're if they're all extinct. OK, yeah. Then first in daylight in each clearing with one of those warriors, you must remove an enemy piece. So they are kind of like I guess they're like a mob that also burns warriors because <laughs> yes. you have to remove warriors first before you remove any cardboard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but what's kind of fun about this is you get to choose which cardboard gets removed, right? In a lot of cases, uh, when mm -hmm. the cardboard is removed, the controller gets to choose that option because right. of hits, right? Right. So there is that benefit. Then secondly, you must you must additionally, so this isn't a choice like it is the others, you must place one warrior at or adjacent to a, a warrior that's already placed. And if you can't, which as we talked about during when you first acquire them, you get a place two in any clearings. Right. So this is kind of similar to the vault keepers where they're sort of a, they, they sort of spread out from their initial starting point, right? You can place one in the same clearing or mm -hmm. they can start to go adjacent and spread in their setup for sure. But what's really significantly different is they do not battle. Right. And this is mm -hmm. what we talked about with the protector a lot where simply things are removed. So they don't, th they, they're not threatened uh, by doing their action, they simply start appearing and lighting things on fire with their torches. Yeah, there's no partisans, there's no ambushes. These things are just deleting things one item at a time. Well, one item per warrior at per a time. War yeah, that may be a reason to stack up in a certain clearing, right? If you just throw all six of them in a clearing, it's like... <laughs> This one's this one's on fire. Good luck trying to tame that clearing. You know That's what I mean? It's a black hole of clearing. <laughs> <laughs> because any time that you don't finish the job, they're just going to remove that many warriors or pieces, you know, depending on how many warriors you got uh, from from you there. Could you imagine, like, the tavern at the town, like, the, the next clearing over? You're like, oh, well, you know, we're thinking about moving on to this clearing. Like, what's going on there? Like, you don't want to go. It's just a horde of just tiny rats, and they just burn everything. Like, <laughs> no one's come back. Don't go. <laughs> yeah, I I like this one. 
I like this one a lot. Um, it feels like, it, especially in when we're just got off the vault keepers, like there's no downside here, you know? Yeah, it's this is just, just pure flames. Yeah. Which is fun. It, it might not be super effective, right? You might just be like doing little weaning of the opponent's forces. Um, but that's cool. You also get the ability to choose which enemy. So, like, there's a little bit of negotiation within there within clouded clearings. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. I think that element is actually pretty fascinating here because this becomes more table talk, right? This yes. becomes a, a point of discussion. Mm-hmm. Whereas the protector removes one of each, right? This one is remove one enemy piece per. So, you could also, if you had multiple barrier warriors, split it, right? So, yep. if you want to knock out that mole for sway and that sympathy, you have those options. Yep. Yeah. And notably, kind of similar to mobs, this does take place in Birdsong, mm-hmm. which is a little bit interesting, the timing of it. So that means that for the rest of your turn, this clearing is going to be a little bit more kind of softened up from mm-hmm. you know than, than other clearings would be. And because it happens first, any other effects that take place in Birdsong, like Eerie Emigre, for example, uh, you get to kind of benefit from this hireling kind of immediately as you go into battle. All right, who is this good for? Uh, I like this a lot for Vagabond. I think yeah. that Vagabond benefits a ton from this. This is the, the one faction that can't really affect anything outside of the one single clearing that they're in because they're in their own tiny RPG. <laughs> and this gives them a little bit of scope, ability to affect other kind of pieces around the board. And if you think about it, the removal ability is a lot like Strike. So yeah. if the flame bearers are already striking one peace warriors first from a clearing in a sense uh vagabond could easily follow up with another targeted hit and you know two hits in route that are just like targeted like that without having to battle you could very easily get to some cardboard that way also the vagabond is immune to this right yeah i was gonna say that like uh, you know the bear warriors they soften up clearings but you don't really want to go to those clearings to put down your crucial infrastructure because when you hand them over the bearer, the mob is going to turn on you. Uh, however, the Vagabond doesn't have to worry about that. They could pile them all up in one clearing, and the Vagabond can just live in that clearing mm-hmm. and just pretend they're an angry rat as well, I guess. I don't know. To your first point, these guys don't move. No. Yeah, and I think that's a thing we need to consider because you also mentioned like who's as good for as the lizards, but it, we want to put them as the lizards only in places we aren't because we're going to lose control of them, right? Yeah. Now... Having our having our lizards removed to become acolytes sure is nice, but it's we, okay. don't would be gardens, nice. we don't love our gardens on fire. I don't want one every turn, and if I oh, don't wait, have the outcast, the only about to, hitch mm-hmm. is that acolytes are generated if the lizards are defending in a battle. Dang. This is just a removal ability. It yep. skips the whole battle thing. That's exactly right. So, so this is a hard counter for lizards, right? Quite annoying. Actually, uh, for those of you that aren't watching because you're not on our Zoom call, uh, Sam is visibly upset right now about how much this counters lizards. Uh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> I, I was upset that lizards uh, don't really get to benefit from that part of it. Uh-huh. Does it hard counter lizards? Uh, it's annoying. It's annoying. Oh, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't... It's very doesn't effective. Hard counter, it's very effective, yes. Yeah, because mm-hmm. just one warrior in one of their big clearings, well, Sure, right, sure, sure. It's just but, like... It, I mean, no, it is like, because it's basically taking up a whole card of having to re-recruit there. And until you, you get that outcast get the to line, for. yeah, which like, whatever. Uh, but like, <laughs> to me, it's 
the fact that until that outcast lines up and you can deal with that problem, then you're essentially playing with a four card hand instead of a five card hand. Exactly. And you need to convert that warrior or battle them somehow. Like it, it's just kind of a problem. Even one, let alone two. I mean, could you imagine having two just immediately grind through all those lizards? Like, yeah, well, that's the thing too, is like when the outcast lines up, you don't necessarily want to use it to go hit the, hireling yeah 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 you want to do it to either like do your limited policing or to stop threats other than them yeah or like take a new clearing you Mm -hmm. know um Mm -hmm. but yeah uh can you convert a hireling why not it's an enemy enemy piece Mm -hmm. they already like flames i feel like they would be a natural for (laughs) enjoying the preachings of the, the dragon rituals God. yeah uh, <laughs> we have otters written here i think this is good for otters just in this in the sense that um this would give the otters the benefit of like kind of consolidating their own forces and letting the bearers like do the good work of chipping down the other. yeah so they don't have to uh, spend as much effort going out and doing all the bopping i think this is nice for otters it's a little bit of an you know kind of passive policing in, the, in a sense <laughs> Which is great. They like that because they want to focus on the economy as much as possible. Well, this doesn't come up very often with the hirelings, but I almost wonder if there's a little bit of like rule manipulation you can use with them. Like because you can place a bearer warrior at a bearer warrior, mm-hmm. like can you undermine rule in a place where someone needs to do their movement a little bit, a little bit easier than some of the promoted hirelings? Especially if you've already removed one of their warriors first and yeah, then you you're place right. one there. Yes. It in is a very zero sum kind of way. Yeah. Yeah. Numbers are so small. I think you can kind of manipulate that a little easier than you could with other factions. That's a nice flame bearers tactic. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Also, Woodland Alliance. Are we talking about who it's bad for? Now we are. Go ahead. (laughs) Oh, it shreds the alliance. This is terrible. Let's talk about who it's bad for. Uh, The Woodland Alliance, yeah, they get, once they have warriors out there, this thing is devastating. Even worse for Throwing this thing out of base is so devastating. (laughs) Guerrilla warfare doesn't matter. Uh, Also, they don't move, so they won't trigger outrage that way. But they will trigger it, of course, when they remove the sympathy if they do. But that's just like half the benefit. But it removes it in birdsong, so you get the rest of your turn to move about without Mm -hmm. triggering outrage Mm -hmm. from your movement. Yeah, good point. Super nice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, and they're placed there, right? So even if you're going to a new clearing with sympathy... It's not triggering it. This shreds crows because (laughs) it can take away the crow that was going to reveal a plot. Or it could just take away the plot. (laughs) That's awful. No embedded agents. I could see the Corvids kind of slightly taking advantage of the the flame bearers if the the only thing left in the clearing is a raid plot token. Then they would be forced to remove that raid, kind of like triggering the... Uh, all the crows popping out. The only thing to think about there is you get to arrange which clearings happen in what order as the active player. So you could pop the raid and then kind of snipe the crows if there's adjacent flame bears. Mm, actually, oh, <laughs> um, this is uh, going to take us to our special teams here. All of the removal happens and then any resulting effects uh, take place. Oh, I see. So okay. if you do pop the raid, all of the other bearer warrior removal stuff happens, and then the crows are placed. Oh, interesting. So it's all simultaneous effects. Right, exactly. Okay. It's why the tunnels combo doesn't work with Corvid Conspiracy, because the piece is removed, so there's right. no adjacency to trigger massive explosion of crows across the map with mm-hmm. tunnels. 
That makes sense, yeah. Hurts the Badgers, um, thins out Ugh. without devout knights. Yeah. Uh, really, they, they need a rule where they're going to be delving. Really sucks for them. They're so low on the count anyway. Yeah, they already have uh, a bearer warrior with them when they have over five warriors in a clearing. Or four warriors <laughs> in a clearing. Cats uh, really hate it as well because it's going to thin out the protection on their buildings in mm-hmm. some of their outlying areas. Yeah, they're already so stretched. <laughs> Moles, it's, I love this. As like, I just put these bearer warriors around where your central mole clearing is. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, relocate. You'd force them to either relocate or use all their actions to like, restock up constantly which will really hamper them in either case yeah and if they're spending brigadier going after a bearer warrior instead of all of your stuff like mm-hmm. that's great yeah <laughs> laugh audibly at them <laughs> <laughs> should we rush to get it sam you've written it's decent it is decent yeah i think it's good <laughs> um i think because they spread right we're always looking for these things like well as the person who starts th- with them Obviously, they, they have a setup here. So seat four has the best position of setting them up. But it's not too hard to knock off two of these guys before somebody gets them. Especially with Eerie in the game, right? Yeah. So if that's the case, then rushing for them is way more appealing because you are starting where they are at on the map and where they're going to spread to immediately after. Well, it also depends if when you acquire them, they're gone. Then you get to determine where they go. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I just said. Is it what you just said? I thought so. So I'll Kyle? just say it again. <laughs> I I actually think I like rushing for these guys because you just get to pose problems for mm-hmm. your opponents. Uh, and anything that can do that right away, to me, I think that's that's pretty worth it. And it, this doesn't require any fancy footwork or like weird upkeep things. Like It just sort of happens. It's, it's passive policing. I think this is terrific. Yeah, and I, I like the idea of stacking them. I don't know. I think stacking them is an interesting idea. It, make, making like a black hole clearing <laughs> yeah. is like, that's a challenge. Especially on a choke point or something. That would be really good. That'd be really It's a cool. whirlpool of fiery destruction. They have to be battled to be removed because they're not battling on their right. own, right? Yeah. And there's six of them. So you could just create a, a, a death hole in the middle of the map. <laughs> and then someone's going to have to go face it. And if they do face it, okay, great. But then if they don't eliminate it, their forces are going to be facing death hole. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's kind of a crazy its potential. I imagine people will be spreading it out. So I think the balance of root in general will be... Will be passing the flame bearers around enough to not let that happen but it has potential like because you would you'd probably not get six turns in a row with the flame bearers no at any point there's a potential to get three or four and that's kind of enough to get what you want done yeah you can build a double flame bearer clearing into a vortex of destruction (laughs) (laughs) i think it'd be fun to like uh create your own choke point using yeah, this yeah, method. I yeah. think that would be kind of fun. And then you can just sit on the other side of it and be like, come get me. <laughs> Especially with maps with choke points that already exist, whether it's winter or lake, right? I could see this just like totally crushing on lake map, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. So some card interactions, coffin makers. Of Absolutely. course, we're removing a bunch of stuff. Propaganda Bureau to kind of, again, sway the numbers if they're going to be losing one and then you can convert another. That is like, that's like three points worth of good stuff there, right? Yeah. 
It's fantastic. And then Eerie Emigre to kind of soften up the clearings you're going to, or just to cause more destruction, I guess, to spread your destruction out. Because this happens in Birdsong. When does Eerie Emigre happen? At the start of Birdsong. Yeah. At the but, start of Birdsong. And this is, this is, I think, the the time for me to say this. As the active player, you get to choose the order in which things, <laughs> events take place if they happen simultaneously. That is correct. So, for, thank you, yeah. For Eerie Emigre and the activation of flame bears of course once you activate flame bears you have to take the full action right mm-hmm. you can't split it up uh but you can do flame bears first and then activate eerie emigre and yeah you know go in and clean up whatever is left over after the rats burn everything to the absolutely ground. <laughs> that, that's a great counter for cats oh yeah brutal um and we talked about the kind of crows raid timing situation mm-hmm. for special teams but also uh guile you brought up dominance <laughs> this is really cool <laughs> yeah, this could, if you, you know, are uh, on the precipice of winning a dominance victory, you could technically trigger flame bearers to go first before checking for dominance, right? Because dominance happens at the start of Birdsong. Here's what it says. You win the game immediately if you rule three clearings of the suit matching the activated dominance card at the start of your Birdsong. This might be a little bit out- outside of the spirit, but I think this is technically <laughs> allowed. <laughs> this is, yeah, this does feel like it would be years lead out of truth, right? Is that we would, <laughs> you need to trigger it. It needs to be fulfilled at the start, as opposed mm-hmm. to you doing something at the start and then at the start, <laughs> you control it. This is like showing up to work and being like, hey, you have that thing ready? And it's like, well, don't check yet. No, give me five I minutes. told you I'd do it at the top of the day. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll get it to you at the top of the day. I'm the first thing first. in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think if we're wrong about this, then let's hear from Josh at RootCon. Yeah. Right. This would actually be such a fun one to talk about at RootCon. But hey, this might help you win a dominance victory. Jake, just put all the flame <laughs> bear warriors and rabbit clearings. I love I've become the bear st- bearer stand the standard bearer for dominance. Yeah. The bear warrior for dominance. <laughs> 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 All right. Uh, I think we're going to give this hireling a maniacal rat holding two torches out of two torches. <laughs> this art is wonderful on this guy. I yes. love that it's got multiple scars in its face. I think that's awesome. And is the tail smoking? It's because he it lights is, the yeah. building on fire that he's currently in. <laughs> it's what all the scars are from, you know? Will they ever learn? <laughs> all right. Moving on to our final hireling of the group stage of the World Cup of Hirelings. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for the popular band, Jake. That's right, it's Creed. Oh, no! (laughs) No! Popular band first in setup. Place two band warriors, each in a different clearing. Then when you hire them, if no band warriors are on the map, place a band warrior in a clearing with your faction pieces. Then as an ongoing ability, enemies cannot move from a clearing with a band warrior on the same turn they moved into it. That's going to be important. Then once in daylight, first choose a clearing with a band warrior. You may force any faction warrior in each adjacent clearing to move into the chosen clearing. Then secondly, you may place a band warrior in any clearing. So these guys start a concert in the clearing and bring one warrior Mm -hmm. from each adjacent clearing into it. Yeah, they're they're popular. People will travel to see this band. Yeah, (laughs) they must. (laughs) Um, I kind of like the idea that it's like, hey, we're all embroiled in this big like war for the woodland. And yet... 
like music and culture still exist. And yeah. so like for one evening in this like time of tumult and warfare, like people from all the different factions sort of like they're like supposed to be on guard duty or whatever and they like slip away in the night to like go and attend to this concert. <laughs> I'm gonna go see the cat's pajama show. All right. Just cover for me. <laughs> <laughs> what I love about this promoted hireling is that it has all the same things that the demoted hireling has and then an action you can take right and it's the like action is so good oh it's so good i am worried that some of these things are broken here right well here's here's what i want to say about the ongoing ability which is that they can't move from a clearing with a band warrior in the same turn they moved into it. So the first in daylight ability occurs on the controller's turn. So they will be able to move out on their turn. So they, right. it's not like a permanent snare in the way some other things are, right? Right. It's only one turn max, and in a lot of cases, a zero turn max because right. it happened on the off turn. Right. Yeah. So there's rushes at the top of every turn. Right. Yeah, so it's not like this ability, like, the two abilities don't really stack together, really, but... It they are two different useful abilities. Yes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. 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 Oh, also, just to clarify here, you know, what if you had one cat warrior in the clearing with the popular band, right? And it's the cat's turn, and they move two cats from a clearing into the clearing with the band. Can they move the one cat warrior out of the clearing that started there? Then no. That is correct. They cannot. Um. It's just like a, a tricky thing. It's not like I know sometimes we get lost in the theme of like, oh, these guys have to stop and hear the band play. And this cat already heard the band play, but you can't <laughs> you can't separate the warriors. It's a force. Yes, the, the rule is if you used a move action to get in there, you can't move a move. You can't use a move action to get out yeah. in that same turn, yeah, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Not that the person who moved in can't move out. The individual warrior, Larry yeah. the cat. <laughs> Yeah, there's very few things in Root that will, like, attach to individual meeples, like, mm -hmm. states that will, like, persist for them. We've run into a few with, like, the hirelings, uh, like, one or two. But, yeah, generally Root tends to avoid designating specific meeples, unless you're, like, the warlord. But then you have a specific meeple, so it's right. fine. <laughs> Speaking of the warlord, finally a hireling that's good for the warlord again, right? Is, like, this can, like... A, they can move enemy pieces. This can eliminate the oppression problem a little bit and consolidate yeah. them away. I think the rats would probably prefer these just not to be in the game because when they're going against them, it totally sucks to get frozen with movement. But you can really make use of gathering everyone into the concert clearing and then just making a ring of fire around it and mm -hmm. <laughs> taking out all the weakened clearings there. I will say that using an advance action with the Warlord, a move and then a battle, if you choose the popular band oh, to right. battle against, if you succeed in taking them out, then you're totally free to leave that clearing and move on. That is, you're right. That is pretty easy to get around it. However, it does say you may place a band warrior in any clearing. So if they wanted, they could really get the band together to make it a hard move for the <laughs> Warlord. Yeah, the redundancy of having multiple in the clearing is to protect them because yeah. they don't do it per band warrior, right? And I feel like a lot of players are going to, especially if it switches control a lot, uh, spread them out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And honestly, if you just kill the band every turn, they can't do anything. Right. They can't hold a concert where they gather people in because they have to do the gather before they place the band warrior. Correct, yeah. 
They have to live for a full turn before they can do the action. Well, they have to set up the gear. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah <laughs> Unless yeah. they're hired, you know, if in that passing turn, then when the bands are hired, then they get to place a band mm-hmm. warrior. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of nice. But okay, so let's talk about who this is good for. We, I guess we already said rats, uh, cats. This is great. Getting kind of the excess warriors out of the move out them of away. The way. This is terrific. Um, otters, again, anyone who's coming to clean up some cardboard, so otters and vagabonds. Badgers love getting all of the gunk out of the way. Uh, Helps for them their rule delve. easier yep. for their delve, especially. Yep. Just thin those numbers out. And then I think we got to get a ruling on this because the Woodland Alliance, okay, are you telling me you can move, like, if you're in a clearing that is yeah. connected to five other clearings... Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you got sympathy. a sympathy token in that clearing, and you yeah. move, and the band member. Do you get five supporters? I think potentially you do because it's it's choose a clearing yep. with each with a band warrior. Yeah, you may force any faction warrior in each adjacent clearing to move. So it each would be five is separate moves. Fives. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, crazy. This is what happens when you pair together left wing propaganda and the power of music yeah right it's incredibly powerful it really is you want to get people to your cause you give them a a a catchy tune yeah (laughs) everyone's gonna be incredibly like outraged (laughs) at the injustice it's great they're fired up (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh yeah this would be a game ending um situation right that's the you, outrage God. is nuts in this yeah mm-hmm. yeah i i thought like oh you know like revolt and and bomb and snare but those things happen in birdsong and the gathering of things happens in daylight right well, this is actually great because you can spread sympathy to the clearing with the popular band oh and my then gosh drive oh in. my gosh so it you know this is something that you can set up and execute on the yeah. same turn. You don't. You don't amazing. give this to the Woodland Alliance. <laughs> yeah, avoid. <laughs> you really don't. I mean, uh, I mean, we. This is Woodland Alliance feels like an obvious awesomeness. I really think we're downplaying the Badgers as well because the Badgers no, need really people good. out of the way, mm-hmm. yes. and this can really clear out the clearings you need to go delve in multiple clearings potentially. Well, it gets one warrior out of a clearing. I know, but it's one warrior out of several clearings. Like, it just depends what forest yeah. you're surrounding, Sam. Like, if you needed just a little bit more to have presence in those, not not to mention rule, mm-hmm. uh, a one warrior might make a huge difference. Uh, I was just thinking about using this against badgers where you... Oh, no, but they'd, they'd have a turn to move it out of the way. Yeah, I was but thinking you about can... trying to trigger uh, live off the land. Uh, but no, obviously moving badgers, yeah, not on the their turn, they matter. that. Yeah. <laughs> Can you move a badger with a relic? I think force. You act as though you are the player. You act as though you are the player. Or do you? Well, hold on. Oh Let's my gosh, force. Josh! This is August this is 19th, kind of a fuzzy. Josh. <laughs> Get ready. We're we're gathering the lumber to put that feet to the fire. <laughs> What if we just spent the next three months threatening him? Will he still come? <laughs> I hope he comes, please. <laughs> he said he's coming. Just to be clear, Wimmy's. <laughs> to be clear, Wimmy's, someone said he's coming. Oh, yeah, yeah. He did not say, but someone on his behalf did say he's coming. Hey, friends, Future Jake here. We never actually answered in this segment if 
you can move a relic with a badger when you're forcing them? And the answer is yes, because force per rule 1.5.5 under pieces states use of force. Some effects let you force a player or their pieces to act. Resolve this exactly as if that player were choosing to do this as limited by the effect. So, for example, as if you were that player, you could move a badger along with a relic. That's how it goes. Who does this counter? The rats. The rats, yeah. Always. We're congregating many different factions in a clearing. Ugh, forget about it. I don't want to oppress a clearing that is full of joy and music, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> this is complicated. Yeah, birds, same thing. You're really taking a clearing that's going to be hard to build in, and you're you're zapping a bunch of birds away. It's really and the, the move. The move yeah, part the of the decree one. sucks. That's the big one, right? It's like you can really hamstring the decree. in a Especially because moves happen before battles. Yeah. So yeah. that small order of operations kind of dilemma could be... It could be... Uh, terrible for the, for the eerie dynasties they could they could easily be turmoiled if the popular band is like kind of too close in in their zone and they can't make it through yep moles is a fun counter forcing them to lose their sway opportunities and then the moles have to use another action to get it away i just put this band warrior right in that central mole clearing and then every turn just be like there's a concert there and move all the moles back <laughs> uh, that's funny for me because i hate the moles all right corvids <laughs> well and if it's in a clearing with the tunnel if they move their moles out of the burrow via the tunnel they're all stuck there mm. right mm-hmm. can you move them out of the burrow? Yeah, moles move from the burrow to the clearing with the tunnel. Right. So if you have a band member in the tunnel, you could take them out of the burrow? Yes. Whoa. That's cool. This shreds the Corvids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they got their things in position for a flip, and you're like, nope. Scooping them in. Free cardboard after that, right? Yeah. And they're so nimble, and yet they love a good <laughs> love song a good just song. as much as anybody. <laughs> um. Woodland Alliance? Oof, yeah. I guess with the movement restriction. That base that had one guy protecting it that you hated because he had guerrilla oh, yeah. warfare, now is unprotected. Yeah. This is huge against Woodland Especially Alliance. Especially yeah. if their bases are connected via the concert clearing. Mm. And taking a warrior from each base is pretty good. That's pretty especially good. bad, yeah. Now, you are giving outrage to the Alliance if you're moving them into sympathy as player C or player D. So there is that benefit. But man, there's so many times yeah. in the mid game and the late game where there's just one warrior protecting a base because they can. Mm-hmm. And that's enough for this to be pulled in. Mm-hmm. The numbers are just too low. It also counters the Badgers for kind of the similar reasons we talked about right is that it just removes the delving opportunities it's gross cats (laughs) yeah march is like a significant ability for cats and that this this can demote it to just a regular move come on also pulling cats out of position is just sad (laughs) yeah Yeah. it is yeah i just feel bad for the cats really (laughs) um so should we rush to get it it's It shakes up so many things so quickly. I kind of think you do. Like, I kind of think if you have the opportunity, you can really take advantage of your lead to throw everybody out of position or, you know, give, I guess, even kind of give some consolidation to your enemies on the other side of the map, depending on your placement, right? Force them to deal with it. Yeah. Like, pose issues, harass. Like, this is fantastic to have early in the game. This comp- this question is very complicated. I think should you rush for it because it, it's very 
kind of dependent on the faction mix as much as it is about each individual faction. But in general, I think this is a good one to get early and to just immediately start asking questions to your opponents. Like, what, do you want to deal with this threat? Or do you want to come after me? Like, <laughs> this is great. Yeah. I, yeah, I can't tell a... if my, like, fondness for, like, the thematic I know. elements of this hireling are blinding me to its downsides. But to me, I think this is just such a terrific promoted hireling. Yeah card interactions we got false orders just in case moving one warrior from every adjacent clearing wasn't enough for you <laughs> you can move half round it up from one clearing to another first so then you thinned it out even more yeah. i mean whatever it's <laughs> it's a brutal move on top of a brutal move <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's that's what you need sometimes in this game mm-hmm. it's just like you know it's, it's a big venue um and we needed <laughs> to fill the seats so <laughs> I guess you like favor of the rabbits or something like you could, you know, just make sure you get some stragglers into a clearing before it explodes. Actually, you know? that, that could be a thing. Yeah, that's a terrorist act. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's at that point. Look, if you craft favor of the rabbits, like what's another few warriors from adjacent clearings? <laughs> but like, you know, you could do it. I mean, it would have to go a full cycle because this uh, effect will happen in daylight, of course. Well, it depends on when you craft. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. that's fair. One, one thing that we mentioned earlier that applies here is if you have crafted tunnels and you have a crafting piece in this clearing just because you have crafted tunnels and you have an improvement does not mean that the popular band shares that benefit so even if you have tunnels crafted and a crafting piece in this clearing you can't pull an extra warrior from somewhere else yeah this is a popular band not subway musicians (laughs) yeah i i love the evolution of the street band into the popular band i think Mm -hmm. that's very fun it feels like they're the same band. They just like got popular. And I remember when they were on the street, you know? Yeah. I remember yeah, yeah, yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I hired them when they were just a street band. So yeah, I bought their $5 CD with only two songs on it. <laughs> That's the only good one. Um, okay. <laughs> um, the production's so raw. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So special teams, bomb revolt. Uh, they don't really work that well because of no. the timing. It doesn't yeah. really work. You want it to. False orders makes it look good, but this, not so much. Snare, though, is interesting because you might think, like I did, Sam, uh, doesn't this kind of already prevent them from moving? But like Jake said, not really. When you do it on the off turn, they're just, they start there. So they didn't move into that clearing on that turn. Uh, So snaring them there is a way to keep them locked. Truly keep them there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then they have to listen to you play. Yeah, there's a lot of combos <laughs> that can happen here against the Eerie or whoever because they simply just can't move all of a sudden, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If a soft lock is nearby, you can guarantee it with the popular band mm-hmm. if you can draw them into that type of clearing, which is mm-hmm. heinous, <laughs> but very cool. Outrage itself is its own special teams, as we kind of already talk about. Uh, oh, the mega outrage is just insane. Ugh. I mean, that. even even if you don't get a mega, it's a good enough outrage. Like, yeah. <laughs> like okay, you get two. Wow, that's freaking awesome. <laughs> like, take what you can get. Like, it's, it's supercharged. At a minimum, supporters. you're gonna get two, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, one one thing I wanted to mention is that on mountain map during daylight, you can spend a card to open a path. And mm. if you do that, suddenly that's another warrior that you can draw into this clearing. And so there could be some some fun tactical surprises by opening a path and then, you know, weakening a clearing could be kind of fun. That is, And also placing the popular band somewhere where they're not very connected could keep them safe long enough 
for you to open a path and then start to like mess with other factions mm-hmm. that way. Because I think the the problem with popular band, the the flaw here, is that they're just quite fragile. Yes. You know what I was thinking about though, Kyle, is like they're fragile, but is that almost a benefit when you don't have them and are a potentially going to control them right so like if you think you got a chance to get control of them <laughs> do you hit them because then you can replace them elsewhere because they're gonna get all placed probably at some point right i don't know you would think so but people are pretty incentivized to, to hit to sure. take these guys out sure. <laughs> yeah i i don't know i do feel like that, that because it is just one warrior and yeah, it can prevent move. And obviously, it's going if it's going to mess up your plans, you're going to hit that warrior. But unlike the vault keepers, where they're like, "Oh, that's a point. Like I could like make that my plan to do that." Like popular band is like, "Well, if they're in the way of my plan, I'll attack them." But like otherwise, like I don't care that much. It's one warrior. It's not competing for rule. Um, and if I can plan around the big concert recruit into that clearing kind of vibe, I think we could be okay. So I think it, I think it gets used. I don't, I, I hear, I see the potential for you just to wipe it every turn and then this to be a non-factor, but that's so much work. That's like, it does feel like a lot of work for no benefit, you know? Yeah. The second step is you may place a band warrior in any clearing. The vault keepers require you to take the, or option to place more of them, right? Yes. This one's nice that it's automatic. Well, right, it's automatic, so you're you're gonna get a placement on your turn if there are some left in the supply, and presumably there are, right? Yeah. So it's good that they're hit when you get them. Yeah. That you get to replace them. Otherwise, you're kind of locked out. I mean, you're not locked out. There's five clearings where they're at, or there's X clearings if they're doubled up. But right. All right. Uh, overall, I think I'm gonna give this one a nine point seven on Pitchfork. Oh. <laughs> That's very high. Is that? It goes I think so, time. yeah. It's going to give him like a seven-eighths time signature. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty good. To recap the group, okay? Um, because Wimmies, and by that I mean listeners of Woodland War Machine that uh, are on the oh, Good Times. Oh, is this Woodland War Machine? Is this uh, the podcast? Welcome to Woodland hey, War Machine. Hey, we're here. <laughs> Play the song, Jake. Um, that I... <laughs> that... Um, what was I saying? <laughs> the vote in the group. Now, Wimmies, you are going to decide which hireling goes through. But we are remember, we are considering both the promoted and demoted side of these hirelings. Yes. Okay? So get into the Good Time Society Discord under the Woodland War Machine channel and cast your vote for the combination of Badger Bodyguards, which got gold in the first half, and Vault Keepers, which made me throw up in my mouth a little. <laughs> Rat smugglers, which uses like the item cards, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and flame bearers. There's another one, well, uh, and the street and popular band. Okay, so when we add them together, what what are y'all's initial feelings on these total cards, and who should advance? What are, what, are, what are your thoughts? Well, we're all biased towards musicians in this group, but I think they're like they're both have been the ones that we're most interested to talk about. Not only thematically but also just mechanically right um so i'm assuming that they're kind of rising through the keepers were so frustratingly disappointing compared to their demoted side which happens in the hireling world cup and the flame bearers are just kind of there so i don't know i'm feeling that i'm feeling good about the bands 
I feel like both Flame Bearers and Popular Band had kind of an upward arc where yeah. they got their second half teams, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, where Vault Keepers kind of stumbled, which makes this pretty tight in some ways, I think. Yeah, to um, me, the Badgers blew like a 3-0 lead here. <laughs> it's a 3-3 tie. Like, I do think that demoted side is very strong. And I could see it carrying them out of the group even, maybe. But I don't know if they've got what it takes to win the whole thing with these Vault Keepers here, you know? Yeah, it's going to be challenging, yeah. Yeah, we couldn't we couldn't crack it. It's so weird to first in daylight, or excuse me, once in daylight, first may choose to place a vault and if you can't place a warrior right you're placing more cardboard on than a warrior yeah and then in your second option you have the option to either battle which of course you would like to do or Or, you can place a single keeper warrior yes and battling could remove your warriors right it's just such a disappointing it's confounding to me i have to play with it immediately it's the next hireling i want to play with because i'm like what's going on i want to see what it does to the game Mm -hmm. because maybe there's something we're missing here i don't know if i've played with vault keepers i can't remember oh no it was in our drafts episode we talked about it right i remember (laughs) i put them as a target to set up to attack Mm -hmm. on my first turn yes you had Mm. the intention to hurt them yes (laughs) yes, supposed to use them Mm -hmm. yeah um so yeah Hmm. Hmm. Uh, hmm. Yeah, I think the band has got. Honestly, this is a close one, though. Yeah. The, uh, Finally, with all three of these, one. I would not be surprised if any three of these got out. I mean, the Flame Bear's ability is very, very good mm-hmm. and really notable, it and is. I think would have a big impact on a game. Yeah. The popular band, it's just like these. The abilities just hit so hard if you let them. Yeah, it feels consistent. Like it's like, oh, that is impactful and. At, there's no risk, you know? Um, whereas yeah. the rat smugglers, where you can discard an item card in order to move or battle, is like we talked about, it's like situational. Could be really great, because you can do it any number of times. Um, and the the flame bearers, obviously, are are pretty useful with, with no risk there. They um, don't have risk. That's I think that's a really key thing we don't highlight enough here, right? They don't battle, right? And there's six of them. So yeah. take someone to battle them away, yes. mostly. And that's a lot of work and a work that people don't want to participate in. Yeah, it's my experience in playing Root that no one wants to battle. <laughs> it is. Oh, war games. Everyone just wants to visit friends and drink tea. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone wants to have a bake sale. Uh, all right. Well, it doesn't matter what we think, honestly, no, because no, the Wimmies like all World Cups. Uh, the winner is decided by popular vote. And so go on. Jake will have a special thread for this and special thread for RootCon. This is another reminder to get your tickets to root, root. beautiful Portland, Oregon, August 19th and 20th at Guardian Games. Uh, you will be floored by what we're able to do here. I'm not exaggerating when I say that if you love Root as much as we do, which you do because you're listening to this. You got to come. We got, I, <laughs> I want to meet you. Here. I will shake your hand. All right. I want to yeah. meet you. I want to play Root with y'all. All right. Um, we'll have, you know, the RPG will be going. We'll have other leader games there. It's got to be a blast. I'm so excited. 
<laughs> we can all you if you don't have a place to stay, you can crash on Sam's living room floor. That is not true. That there's is a, not there's true. room for 120 people to stay on his floor. <laughs> but beware, it is it does get a little chilly in the winter. Yeah. Okay, so bring your sweater if you yeah. need it. If you're a little wuss from California, maybe <laughs> consider not coming. It's only August in Portland. Yeah, okay. August in Portland is like December in California. Am I right? Uh, it's not. It's beautiful. It's not. It's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> Best time to visit. And it's after Gen Con, y'all. You have two weeks if you're really attending the other big cons. Get over here. And I'm going to be real. Okay. Gen Finally. Con, Schmen Con. Okay, that's how I feel. We're talking about RootCon. This hasn't happened before. Yeah, you could get the latest hotness or whatever. The people that listen to this podcast, they don't care about the latest hotness. They care about the hotness from 2018, and that game is Root, the greatest game of all time, and the the biggest celebration of it ever is happening August 19th and 20th in Portland, Oregon. Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) You know what we're all going to do? When, when Josh we're in is a room burning above a fire, there's Josh is going to be burning. Cole is going to be talking about history of something, <laughs> and there will be 120 of us, all with our hands on root, chanting. Kyle, um, how's music going? Um, I am melting. It sounded funny. What was it? <laughs> I, I asked him a very simple question, but at a, at uh, nearly midnight in Kyle time, also he's in grad school, I completely understand that he didn't know how to answer, which is, I said, how is music going? And it kind of just, I think he caused an error internally. <laughs> yeah. He didn't know how to respond, I just, which I think is totally fair, Kyle. Slowly just said, I am melting. That's what came out. <laughs> It's totally fair. Let's keep on this. Subject. All right. Who is this good for? <laughs>